0: So you've grown your food truck to the point you need to hire a stranger. So no more family working on your food truck. You go on a Facebook group and you ask, how do you guys pay your employees? And you get a lot of wrong information. So today I'm going to definitively explain why you need to pay your staff as if they're an employee and not as if they're a gig worker, a 1099 employee, like a lot of people will say. Welcome to the 10 Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. If you ask any Facebook group, they are going to respond when you say, how do y'all pay your employees? And a lot of people will say, pay them 10 99 That's how we do it. That's how we've always done it. So before I get into why a food truck worker is never a 1099 or contract laborer, let me save you a little bit of time. If you don't know for sure, I just want you to go to the IRS website, download form SS-8, and then fill it out, send it to the IRS, and they'll tell you whether your staff person is an employee or they're a contract laborer. And here's a spoiler alert. It's going to come back every single time they're an employee. According to the IRS, this is one of the most common mistakes that a business can make is classifying its employees as an independent contractor when they are, in fact, not an independent contractor. The IRS states, if an employee-employer relationship exists, regardless of what that relationship is called, then the employee is not an independent contractor. So you can call them a 1099 employee, you can call them a contract laborer, but if the IRS does not recognize what they do as as being eligible to be called an independent contractor, they're not going to allow you to pay it that way. Whether or not such a relationship is considered employer-employee depends upon a number of factors. And those factors may include Number one, the right to discharge the individual, and that means to terminate them, to fire them. Number two is the mode of payments. Number three is the supplying of tools and or equipment for them to perform the job. The belief of the parties as to the existence of an employer-employee relationship, and then the length of the employment. So let's add some clarity because you can start to see that that gets a little muddy. Facts that provide evidence of the degree of control and independence of the employee fall into three categories. The first one is behavioral. Does the company, does the food truck owner have the right to control what the worker does and how the worker does his or her job? Now I want you to think about this. You're selling food. You want every single item on your menu to be made to your recipes. You want it to be dressed proportionately so you can make money. So you have to control the output of the worker because you're going to be teaching your staff the proper way to make your food, how you expect it to be assembled. You're to be teaching them how you want them to greet your guests and serve your guests. Every aspect of food service is unique to that specific business. So just think about this. You're thinking well everybody knows how to cook. If you go to McDonald's to sell a burger it's done differently than Wendy's does it. So having been taught at McDonald's and you go to Wendy's you have to be retrained you go on to burger king guess what they're different you go on to red robin guess what they're different you go on to white castle or crystals guess what they're different too so there's no tribal knowledge out there of how to cook a hamburger so you as the food truck owner must train your people on your specifications and that means you control their work behavior the second category is financial. Are the business aspects of the worker's job controlled by the payer? This includes things like how the worker is paid, whether the expenses are reimbursed, who supplies the tools and supplies. The key point here is tools and supplies. There is no restaurant worker that brings in their own spatula to work the griddle. There's no cashier that brings their own POS system and credit card processor. Certainly, the food truck is supplying all the common tools of the trade, and no staff member is expected to bring anything other than show up to work. Type of relationship are there written contracts or employee-type benefits, and that would include things like pension or insurance or vacation pay. Will the relationship continue, and is the work performed a key aspect of the business? This is where food truck employees fall. Contract laborers are doing a specific task, and then when that task is completed, they're paid, and then the relationship resets for the next task. So think of a DoorDash driver. They accept the task of food delivery. Once they are paid, And then they are technically off the clock until the next delivery comes into their app. And they can choose to accept that next delivery or say, nope, you know what? I'm taking off for the day. And they're off. Food truck employees can't do that. You want them to show up when you're busy. You want them to stay all the way through lunch until you're no longer busy. You want them to stay afterwards to clean up. They don't get to choose when they come and when they go. You have to control their schedule. And that falls back to the control I talked about a few minutes ago. Contract white right laborer, remember, they can show up when they want and they can leave when they want. So if you're still not clear, let's say that you're getting ready to be sued. Here's what the judge is going to look at. To help them to determine whether this person that says that, hey, I am should be paid by the hour and this dude's paying me as a contract 1099, which means you've cheated them out of their FICA match. So the judge is going to say, does a food truck owner have the right and necessity to control the work? This is the most important factor they're going to consider as a judge. And in other words, you as a food truck owner have control over the details. The details in food service include recipes, cooking times, quality standards, service standards. If you have no standards in those areas I just mentioned, you ain't going to be in business long. And you won't have to worry about being sued by an employee that you're paying as a 1099 because you won't be able to pay them anyway. You have to control the details. The next criteria a judge is going to look at, is it a part of the regular business? Is the work that the staff does a part of the regular business of the food truck? It's a simple question. A cashier is performing work your food truck needs to transact sales. Your cook is performing work your business needs to create those sales. They have to be paid by the hour for the work they're doing. The guy that wrapped your truck or trailer, that would be a contact laborer. He came in, did a specific job, and he's out. Are you starting to see the difference? The next criteria the judge is going to look at. Equipment and tools. Place of work. Do you supply equipment, tools, and a place to work? Now, I really hope you know the answer, because you got to tell your employees to show up at the food truck. You provide the, the equipment, you provide the tools. Supervision. True independent contractors can usually work alone without needing a supervisor looking over their shoulder. However, if you want to control your food cost, if you want to control your guest interactions, you, as a food truck owner, have to be paying attention and then redirecting your employees in real time. Basically, you're looking over their shoulder as they work. The next criteria a judge is going to look at is long period of time. Is the work meant to be performed over a long period of time? Independent contractors typically work on short-term assignments with a defined end in- time or end date. So if the employment has no defined end date and then quitting or getting fired or getting laid off doesn't count, then you have employees, not independent contractors. Remember that independent contractor, his contract's over as soon as he picks up the food and delivers it. He doesn't have to ever work again. So what could happen if the judge says, you know what, you don't have 1099 employees, you have normal employees that you need to be paying. So if you've been paying them as a 1099, the food truck is going to be liable for the employee's income tax that should have been withheld, plus interest, plus late payment penalties. You're responsible, not the employee. The food truck is also liable for the employer and employee FICA taxes that you didn't pay because you said, hey, they're 1099, I don't have to pay them, plus interest, plus penalties the food truck is also liable for failing to file the correct information and that's the w-2s the penalties are much higher if you also didn't list them as a 1099 nec and file that piece of paperwork as if they were really a contractor that would show that you were not trying to cheat the government in the first place the food truck employee which would be the owner in most cases, that caused that worker to be paid without withholding taxes, that person is personally liable for a penalty that's equal to 100% of the taxes that should have been withheld. We always talk about an LLC. This is one of the ways an LLC is going to get broken. You're going to be paying for it. So let me repeat that again. The food truck employee that caused that worker to be paid incorrectly and did not withhold the proper taxes. So whoever's running your pay, Payroll, they're personally liable for a penalty that's equal to 100% of the taxes that should have been withheld. The food truck would also be liable for whatever penalties that particular state imposes for failure to provide workers' compensation, unemployment, and then whatever other mandatory programs your state might have. All because you said, I'm going to save me a few dollars and pay him ten ninety nine because all the other food truckers say it's okay. Since the worker wasn't treated as an employee, the food truck likely wouldn't have complied with other state and federal wage payment requirements. It's entirely possible you're paying somebody, say, 100 bucks a day and they're working less than a minimum wage for the number of hours that you have them work. And then there could be state withholding taxes as well. And then now you're In trouble with the state as well as the irs but like i started this whole conversation out don't take my word for it just file form ss-8 and then you'll know for sure thank you so much for listening to the 10 minute food truck training podcast if you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business please become a monthly supporter of the podcast just hit the support button or follow the link in the description every little bit does help keep us going join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know I got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.